taking it out and you don't have a source. If you don't have a source, what are you going to do? But so are the animals. We're doing this to the animals all the time. 17% less penguins in the past 10 years. It's what the, in a way, they don't want to live anymore. So it's like a way of us seeing from the perspective, this perspective. Yeah, yeah. Those little turtles, uh, where they crawl out there. It also makes me reflective of animals that need to eat animals. And at first it's like, oh no, don't eat that animal. But then when you know that's part of their lives, and then it's not part of ours. We don't have to kill an antelope and rip it apart. We have other choices. There's many vegetarian. I mean, it's hard to imagine that elephants are vegetarian, isn't it? I mean, how can they be so big? We have three elephants that are rescue elephants in Rishikesh and, and Sattva or Anand um, takes care of them. And I get to go see him usually on my birthday when he asks me what I want to do. Because <laughs> I want to go feed the elephants. And there's three of them. One, um, I think the mother died or got shot. They were, all, they were definitely rescue elephants. And, um, so they live with his family and they live in these big Barns and they take them out swimming, this family, um, on the, in the Ganga, and walk them every day. They're like their pets. And, um, so we always pick up, it's a bag, and it usually goes in a couple of seconds. It's a bag this big of just raw cabbages, carrots, turnips, everything that we buy. And then we um, feed it to them. And if they can't get the whole cabbage in their mouth, it drops and they stamp it so it breaks and then they take pieces of it. But, um, yeah, they have such little eyes, elephants, but they, um, they look into your eyes, it's pretty trippy. <laughs> okay, so the set we're going to do today, because we've completed all your testing sets, it's one that I fell upon. Like you'll fall upon once as time goes on, that'll be your most favorite set. And it may be for a while, then you'll move on to something else. But I always go back to this one because wherever I am, I can do it. I know it by heart, and it does the trick, you might say, every time. And I used to do it every day. I don't do it every day now. I do it when spirit moves me. I do other things. But I just wanted to share this with you. And I also have a photograph, you can photograph it, it might be one that um, would work for you too. It's um, in a manual, and this particular one is called Body Adjustment to Elevate the Spirit. And it was given to us in 1984. So I thought that we would do it, and then we'll go on to other things, like starting to practice. the seven steps to happiness and to contemplate this more and more. Because you've got foundational information, like the five sutras, seven steps. It's almost like you've got a Bible in a sense, or a Koran, or whatever you want to call it, that you can always go back to. And to ask or shove it, if it'll help you to put online when you go home the daily hookah. And that comes from the Golden Temple. 
it's what they what has anyone been to the Golden Temple? You have been? Yeah. It's um they serve like I don't know, maybe forty thousand people a day and that number may be low. Food. A beautiful food, lumber we call it, in this one hall. And then the Golden Temple, it um it just does it just chanting and chanting from morning, noon to night. It ends at eleven o'clock at night and then um, people come in and wash the floors, volunteers, it's all people out of devotion, and they wash it with milk, and it's marble, and it's so clean. If you've ever been to India, there's some of the dirtiest temples there I've ever seen. No one maintains them, but the Golden Temple is maintained on the outside for karma, you can dip in the waters for healing, and there's just so many stories around the Golden Temple. It was actually, I went to Guru Ramdas's 400th birthday in 1977, so you can add it up. It's been there maybe almost 500 years. And the story goes that um, there was a, a woman, very spiritual woman, who fell in love. And she was a very high, high court, very wealthy in India. There was a very d distinctive caste system. There still is, but much more. You couldn't go to certain places if you were of another caste. And um, so she fell in love with this man and he was a leper. And if people know that disease, which can be healed, it's a virus. It doesn't have to carry on and on. But if you're not educated, it can carry on. Where limbs fall off, you know, they just rot and fall off. And so she fell in love with this man and she was of the high, high, highest court, like her father was the king of the kingdom in India. And so they disowned her. And so she carried this poor leper around in a basket because he couldn't walk because he didn't have proper limbs. And they got to this, it was a, a lake in northern India in the Punjab, or it was actually Pakistan at that time. And um, she left him by the side of this lake so she could go beg for food for them. And he was of sound mind, but he just didn't have a body that worked. And he saw a, it might have been a crane, dive into the water like a black crane and come up like a swan, like he was reborn in this lake. And so she, this man of no limbs or few limbs, he knew it had a power. So somehow he tipped the basket over and he fell into the lake. And he came up a beautiful, beautiful man, complete. But he left one finger still with leprosy on it. So she comes back and she can't find her husband. And she looks at this man and she says, you have killed my husband, you have taken my husband. And she says, you know, she went on and on and on. And he said, no, no, I am your husband. He says, no, you're not my husband. I mean, you can imagine. And then he held up this leopard finger. So she knew that the lake had caused a miracle. And from that lake, on that lake is built the Golden Temple. 
people can come and enter in all four doors, which wasn't true with the Muslims or even the Hindus. You had to show what you were before you could get in. You know, are you a Muslim, are you a Hindu? And the Sikh faith is that all are welcome. Everyone is welcome there on all doors, no matter who you are. Man, woman, child, color, faith, anything. Everybody is welcomed at the Golden Temple. And the doors open up like about 2.45 in the morning. And you go in and you sit. And then there's many, many surrounding buildings. You can just sit and meditate all day long. And so Guru Amardas came. He was the third guru. And he was an older man who used to serve the second guru, Guru Angad. And he was old, and I have this great picture of him. He carries a big jug of water to serve him. And he was told by God to feed the people, Guru Amardas. And that's how the free kitchens came to be all over the world. In fact, now the Sikhs are feeding millions of people of all over the world with this pandemic. They just keep feeding the people, feeding the people. And I don't think they ever had masks at the Golden Temple. They, they just didn't exist there. So Guru Ramadas, um, he became Guru Mead's teacher. He became the teacher after Guru Ramadas left his body. And at that time, the caste system was so strong. This was like maybe 600 years ago, before the Golden Temple had been built. And everybody knew throughout Pakistan and India that he was a holy man. And so it was a custom then to travel to pilgrimage so you get the darshan of a holy man. But he said the only way that you could see him privately was you had to sit at a table and eat with everybody. And that meant if you were a Brahmin of the highest order and there was a leper, if there was a beggar, you had to sit and join them for a meal. And that was his contribution to break the caste system, that all people that eat together shall find that oneness. And so it became a custom for us um, here in the West that we always serve longer, we always serve food. And out of that came our um, food, our food kitchen in Los Angeles. Did I tell you that story? That 15, maybe it was 15, 20 years ago when we had the golden, um, golden bridges all over. One woman came really despondent, depressed, and uh, she was so narcissistic. All she did was think about herself, and she was so boring. This kind of people just bore me. After a while, I just want to say, get over it, man. You are so boring, and you must really bore yourself, too. Self-involvement, self-involvement. Um, so she, I said, why don't you go feed people? And she said, what do you mean, feed people? I said, the same thing that Yogi Bhajan had told me to do in Tucson many, many years ago, go feed the people. And I said, but I don't know, I don't have any money, and I don't know how to feed people, I don't know how to cook, I don't know how to get the food. He said, just go to the shops in Tucson, Arizona, and ask them to give you food. Ask the day-old produce people give you food, day-old cheese people give you food, day-old milk people give you food. Just ask for food. And I got so much food. And we were starting to serve people every single day. And like a hundred different hippies came. And also the boxcar people, they were hobos in those days in 1970. 
and they would go on the trains from city to town, town to try to get work. And so they would hop off, and people came, some people came every day, and we didn't know how to cook, but somehow the angels cooked for us because if we had a lot of good food, we'd make macaroni and cheese or lasagna, or, and if it was slim pickings that day, it'd be rice and beans, but every day. So I knew from my own experience how it, it take, took me from insanity to, um, to a path that I walk on now, it was just feeding people. And so I told her, I said, just go up to Bristol Farms. It was a grocery store that's still there in Hollywood and ask them and sure enough, they gave her food. I said, cook the food now and go down to the homeless and feed them. And that's how the whole program got birthed in Los Angeles. Now they have, oh, it's something like 57 trucks that go into all of the stores and get so much food and they take it out to 57 different places in the LA area and they'll either give big boxes to families or communities and they'll cook for everybody in that community or they'll prepare food here. It's all however it works in whatever community you're in. And, um, and it, it continues now with this beautiful woman named Nancy Beta who is also a midwife who started with us years ago at Golden Bridge. And I'll do a benefit on the 4th of July on Zoom with Sonata, and we'll do a two hour together to raise more money for them. But they get also funding from the city and um, from other organizations, and they have a board now, and it's a really big deal, but feeding people. And I don't think anybody in Los Angeles goes hungry because of this program. And it can start anywhere. And people are so willing, we find, especially produce people, because they just throw it away. And um, then community gardens came from that, and all kinds of good things. Seeds came from that. The same in Cape Town, where we've got seven kitchens going, and gardens going. And it just started with one person. And that's the, the beauty, you're just one person. But there's a lot of people like you that want to do something. So it's called Seva. And, and Kundalini Yoga cannot stand alone without Seva. You cannot just be a teacher that's out there teaching Kundalini Yoga. You have to involve the community to do something, to help someone. And now, I think most everywhere you can teach Kundalini Yoga or any kind of yoga in parks. You know, maybe you can't have as many people, but then that whole group just starts doing something to help. And, and that's the way we all know, out of our depression or out of our narcissistic patterning or anything, is how can you serve, how can you help? And my friend um, who is doing it now goes down to East LA and just hands out things to everybody, food to everybody or whatever they need. Just start doing something. I know many of you are doing something. And we have one night called the Weaving Night where you will share with each other what you do and how you started or what you'd like to do but you're not quite how to do it and kind of weave it in and out. You don't have to have a big NGO. You don't have to be a big fancy thing. You can just get going. And we told God when we moved to our house on Hauser some years ago in LA that we would, um, we said, God, if you give us a house that we can teach in, and we taught in our home for like 
10 years. I never had any furniture, it was fun. But we said, um, God, if you give us a, a, a home or a place where we can teach, then um, we'll cook every night, I mean, every Sunday night, and we always had longer every Sunday night. And it was really crowded, people would come. We would make kitchery and salad and all that. What happened, how we got our first, not our first yoga center, but our significantly first yoga center, was we started um, teaching and teaching and teaching in our house. People came, 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 came. And then um, we decided we'd do a teacher's training in our front yard with a microphone and a gong. And this is Los Angeles. Well, the guy next door he was, a, was an ex-Marine and he was a pretty hardcore dude. And the houses were not that far apart. So I'm in listening to him on the phone. He's talking to some lawyer or some government officials that this is just illegal. These people are doing this crazy stuff in the gong. You hear the gong and you're not in tune. The gong sounds terrible. And the microphone and the breath of fire and everything he was hearing. And so I think it was a Sunday. And then on Monday we got a knock on this really nice fellow who didn't really want to come to tell us that there's a law in LA, you can only have one person as a at a time in your home for professional business use. You can't have crowds in your home, only one. So say a psychologist could have one patient. So you could have a business in your home, but it could only be one person per hour, way, way more than that. So he said that we'd have to stop. And we're sitting there saying, God, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And then it came, we had to open up a yoga center, we had to open up a Golden Bridge. And we were in New Mexico, and Yogi Bhajan was in the car with, with me, and I said, sir, can you give us a name? We want to open up a yoga center. And there weren't many yoga centers then at all. There was a Shtanga Center, there wasn't Yoga Works, there was nothing. And so I re I'll never forget that. It was a long, long pause, like he was going up. It always felt like he was going up to a really, really high vault or something, way up, and accessing the name. And there was a pause, and then he said, Golden Bridge Night Moon. And I never asked him, why did you say that? What does Night Moon have to do? It was like a Zen koan for me. And that's how the name got, got birthed. And what happened that was so interesting, we signed a lease on 3rd Street, I remember, and we opened. And as soon as we opened, the ex-Marine moved. Yes. He was an angel. He was an angel that came. And so sometimes in your life, when things and this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, it's an angel is, um, is just helping you out. And sometimes we don't get it, you know, in a, in a, a way we'd like to get it, but um, and we had to get the money and everything to get this place open, but somehow it all worked out, and as soon as we opened, he moved. So it's like sometimes you just gotta reflect back on your life and thinking, well, that was part of the path, because that expression, if you don't see God at all, you don't see God at all. And to keep reflecting on this year, like what we're helping the animals with. You know, that it has to be, all has to be part of a divine plan, yeah. or otherwise nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah. Even if the divine plan doesn't make sense, 
you keep your head. This is something way bigger than even I can figure out, you know. And we've been through, Gershavan and I, just investigating who is bringing all these viruses and 13 strains in India. And, you know, there's so many theory after theory after theory from the aliens to, you know, the monkeys to people, on and on and on and on. But you have to go back to that there's a divine plan. And we were told the darkest of the dark ages would come before the dawning of the Aquarian age. We thought it would just be a couple years, but I think we're in, in it for a while. Mm -hmm. But if you can go with that flow, instead of trying to make plans of when is it going to be over with, and I'm over this, and, uh, and then you make a theory and you go on and on and on, mm, I think it's better to say we have no idea what's happening. <laughs> but we know we've got a sadhana, we know we've got a heart, we know we have joy, we know we're going to help people. And if you just run on that, then it doesn't even really matter. Like around here when the wind starts up. I mean, partner, you please go away. And no, the wind is the wind. And this period is the period of, of time. But how you go through it is your own destiny, is your own karma. Can you go through it with grace and dignity? Can you not complain? Can you still serve people no matter what, even if you think they're idiots. You know, it goes on and on. It's a, quite a time, quite a time to be alive. And I feel really blessed that you all have come here and we're on 500 acres in a valley. And um, you're gonna go out to different corners of this earth and in your own way, in your own way no constructive way, but in your own way you're going to serve in the way that you're meant to serve. Okay, let's tune in, shall we? And if you like this set and want to use it as a backup in your life, it's really a great one. You can take a photograph. I don't think it's published anywhere. What to do before you turn your car keys on? No. Oh, okay, this is this is so. I know there's a lot of things I tell, but maybe forgot. This one is so important. I can't even tell. You. We lost an 18-year-old child yesterday, and she was driving from Espanola to Taos on the River Road, which is real curvy. It was her graduation day. She's the. Her grandmother is my one of my best friends, and then. Their children were in India, and this little girl was in India also, and a semi just phew, dead on the spot. And nobody knew it till noon tomorrow. And so it prompted me, it's really sad, and we're gonna go home and be with our bigger family at this time. These tragedies, like the little three-year-old, just, it makes you stop in your tracks and just know nothing's permanent. And I think when old people go, it's like, well, they had a good life. But when you're young and you're taken because of destiny, that's for sure. It's interesting. I have to find exactly the right, but I think it's what Yogi Bhajan said, and I've heard it elsewhere, that when you go suddenly, you, you, re you reincarnate back right away. 
you go into someone's womb. Yeah. So, and at the same time, in the yogic tradition, there are no accidents. So, we'll learn how to, before you turn your car keys on, it's simple. Yes, you just sit there with your steering wheel, and if other people want to do it with you, that's good. I'm going to make a Different asanas, different kriyas, but the legs are together on this one. 
If you're in your moon cycle for three days, or you are pregnant here, or at least they don't know they are, okay, you'll lift your legs up to 90, you won't throw them, you'll use breath at your navel that you've been so familiar with. You'll keep your tailbone on the ground, tailbone on the pound, and then you bring it back down slowly. You'll do 108. <laughs> 108, count on your own, we're not in a rush. Try not to let the legs fall down though. Some of you are having them flop down. Try to keep the knees straight, pulling the kneecaps up into your thighs. Head is on the floor. Elbows are pulled wide apart so the lymphatic system underneath your armpits, your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen can benefit from this. So the other option is one leg at a time? Right? What? One leg at a time. Is the other option? Moon cycle? Okay. When we're on our moon, we yeah. just do one leg. Alternate legs. Yeah. First three days, you're on your moon cycle. Now, if you cannot get both legs up straight, I suggest you do alternate legs until you can come into that. Can we put our hands under our lower back? Um, if need be, yeah. But understand that your lower back really needs a strengthening because it's not natural not to be able to do this. But I don't want you to hurt your lower back at the same time. You might try a combination of alternative legs with the hands behind your head. But once you can do 108 of these in a true form, um, it'll feel very inspiring because this is the pumping of your third eye point. So inhale, sad, exhale, nam, as you bring the legs down and focus very much at your third eye point and keep pulling the, el the elbows stretching wide. If the elbows can touch the floor, then that's a maximum stretch. Do it at your own, and when everybody's done, then we shall rest and wait for the next one. The breath is deep and the breath is quiet.
the spiral of energy.
when you take up this Kriya, if you wish, and it doesn't feel like you could do the 108th and do an equal number, 26 or 54.
inside your body. When your feet are together, feet are together, feet are together. Feet are together, everyone. Inhale down, exhale.
of your neck, and then pull your elbows back. Put a pressure between your palms and your head. Big pressure. So the chin might feel even above parallel. It's not like this. It's up. Shoulders down. Keeping that pressure steady on your hands will open up your heart and your lungs will open up your liver twist. cleansing. We'll do it all together for three minutes. Right away. Knees are as wide as your hips. 
Tops of the feet are on the floor. Started out slow. I like to think of this cacao as something where you're pulling the heels of your hands towards your knees and you're pulling your knees towards your hands even though they aren't moving. There's a traction and an opening. Keep your tongue, your jaw, your lips totally relaxed. Chin tucks in and go as high as I can be so that space between your shoulder blades feels like the horizon where the ocean meets the sky. Keep your face soft and now take it a little bit faster, but do not forfeit the stretch for speed. You want each vertebrae to be affected, not just your lower back, so it's a smooth ride where every vertebrae is being affected. Let it flow. And now continue the journey, but let the heart be the leader, not your tailbone, not your first chakra. Like I'm gonna do it no matter what, I'm gonna go as fast, no. It's done with your heart. Let the heart lead. Remember, the heart's just not in the front of your body. It goes all the way to the back. There's a big band of energy from the heart front to the heart back, all the way around. Let that band of energy move the whole body, keeping the elbows locked. Hands are solid to the floor. No knuckle is left untouched by the earth. It's a smooth, glorious ride. Take it up now to a faster speed, last 30 seconds. Don't lose the form, but take it faster. So your mind is out of it, you're just moving the spine. And 
and let your body stretch back into baby pose. Bring the palms together. And just reap the experience of the movement right now.
54 to one side. 54 to one Also, if rock pose is too much for you, you can put a bolster between or you can sit in easy pose.
ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta good ma and stand feet with your whole family here one voice one neighbor na ma march forward in victory sa ta na ma 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 With the whole body must move. Your head must move. You must feel it in your spine and your belly. Sat, tat, na, ma, 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 sat, tat, na, ma,
and then we'll change direction. Gotta grind in that lower triangle. Grind in the pelvis. God? Last exercise. Grind it. Exaggerate the circle, get it bigger and bigger. It's like a ballet dance practice. Take your time on it. Sanam, 
with your nose touching your knee. Keep the other leg straight. Release your head down and drop your right hand and cat stretch all the way across. Look to your fireplace side, stretch your arm. You can take the hand over the knee to bring it down a little more. And then bring it back up, over, and down. Bring your left leg up, wrap your arms around the outside of the knee, pull your knee and your nose together. And then release your head down and do the same. Slowly draw the knees into the chest, and today place your hands underneath your knees. To begin a bundle roll, but get the knees very wide, and tuck your chin in, and roll so there's no sound in any parts of the back. It becomes a smooth ride. See if you can get the knee to go all the way back to your head, between your ears, and then perhaps slowly forward to about four or five rows. And then find yourself with your eyes still closed to come up and sit. Distance made intimate. 